Welcome to Psych Talk. I am your host, Jessica Lee, a licensed clinical psychologist. It is my mission to motivate, inspire, and educate you on everything psychology, mental health, and self-growth. Although topics discussed on this podcast are similar to therapy, Psych Talk is not a replacement for therapy and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Whether you are a mental health professional or student in the social science field, are interested in psychology and mindset shifts, or are just interested in gaining skills and knowledge to grow into the best version of yourself, this podcast is for you. My hope is to provide you with knowledge and skills that you can implement in your daily life that add up to make a big impact. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Psych Talk. I am excited to do today's episode. Um, This was inspired by questions I tend to get on social media particularly from teenagers or Gen Z. So as someone that has built somewhat of a presence on social media, I definitely don't have a huge presence, but particularly on TikTok, I have been asked multiple times by minors, how do I ask my parent to take me to therapy? So I thought I would do an episode on this, not only for any minors that happen to be listening to this podcast, or even potentially adults that are still on their parents' insurance and then desire to use that insurance for therapy, so they want to ask their parents or tell their parents that they're going to therapy, but also for parents of particularly adolescents, but also young children, to understand how to talk to and respond to inquiries about therapy and just talk to their children about mental health in general. So speaking of adolescence, if you haven't already, go listen to episode 60, which was Understanding Your Tweens and Teens with Jax Anderson, LPC. Jax and I had a great discussion on adolescent development and how parents can best support their kids. And I think listening to that episode and this episode um, would be really helpful for anybody that has teens works with teens, knows a teenager, etc. So the first thing I want to talk about is how parents can support their kids, particularly their kids' mental health in general, and then how to cultivate an environment that would make a child feel comfortable reaching out for support if they feel like they need it. So I'm going to talk about a lot of different things and when listening to this and thinking about talking to your child about mental health, it is important to talk about all of these things in an age-appropriate way. I will be giving some examples, but if you feel like that is too advanced for your child, tweak it to something that is less advanced. Or if you feel like it is too simple, make it more advanced. Children are never too young to start learning about and talking about mental health. So a basic thing that parents can do is talk about emotions. And I know this might sound silly, but so often we talk about positive emotions such as happiness, excitement, joy, etc. But we do not as openly talk about negative emotions. Jax and I talked a little more about this in episode 60. So like I said, make sure you check it out. However, As adults, we tend to avoid negative emotions or invalidate our children's uncomfortable emotions because they make us uncomfortable. 
For example, we may tell a child not to cry or to calm down when they're upset because their crying and dysregulation makes us uncomfortable. So to lessen our own discomfort, we tend to shut down the source of the discomfort, which is our child. But that in turn is invalidating their emotions and in the long run may make them not willing to be open with you about your emotions or their emotions. So how do we talk about emotions? This may sound silly, but bring them to your awareness and then discuss them when they come up. It's as simple as that. So if you are feeling sad, express that emotion and label it. And that's what's really important. So children, especially young children, do not usually have language to label emotions. So for example, with children who have anxiety, a lot of times we see them complaining of physical symptoms. So they will complain that their stomach hurts or their head hurts, but what they're really feeling is anxiety. They just don't have the word for it. So if you are feeling anxious or sad or even happy, you know, identify that emotion and then say it out loud. You know, oh, I'm feeling really anxious right now. And what anxiety is, is I'm worried about something happening, etc. And maybe even, you know, start a conversation. Are you ever worried about anything? Or when I get worried, I notice, you know, my tummy hurts. And obviously this is for a younger child, but like I said, adjust it to the age appropriateness of your child. Um, And as well as identifying and labeling your own emotions, if you can tell your child is upset, label the emotion for them to give them language. There's a really good um, resource that's called the emotions wheel. You can Google it and it has a bunch of different emotions. So even putting that up in your house would be helpful. It's also important to encourage more difficult conversations. So a lot of times, you know, we minimize or avoid difficult conversations or we try to focus on the good things, which is great because we don't want to ruminate on the bad things, but it is important to talk about the difficult things. So an easy way to start implementing this um, could be saying a high and a low from the day at dinner or before bed and then have a conversation about both so you know maybe your kid was in school and the high of the day was they got an a on their test but the low of the day was that their friends did not want to sit with them at lunch and then you talk about what that was like for them and what emotions came up how they felt etc Next, it's important to validate emotions. When your child expresses that they are anxious or depressed or stressed or whatever it may be, listen to them. Reflect the emotion that they shared with you and ask them what you can do for them or what they need in the moment. That is one of the most simple, basic questions you can ask but it's also one of the most powerful and i encourage patients to do this all the time even when they're um, emotionally dysregulated and nobody is around ask themselves what do i need in this moment so ask your child what do you need in this moment they may need a hug they may need a glass of water they may need time alone but asking and offering support is showing that you are there for them and it's validating their experience. 
Another way to talk about mental health with kids is using real-world opportunities to discuss mental health. So whether it's something on TV or something you witness in the grocery store, if you see something that can be an opportunity to discuss mental health, do so. And do it in a normalizing, invalidating way. So stay away from stigmatizing language such as like, oh, he's acting crazy. With regard to stigmatizing language, I do want to make a specific note about suicide. So there is a lot of stigma surrounding suicide, and it is a difficult topic for most people to talk about. However, the more we are hush-hush about suicide, the more it adds to the stigma. So if you experience suicide in your personal life, or maybe you see it in a movie, or it's covered in the news, please use that as an opportunity to talk about it with your child in a non-stigmatizing way. If you're open with your child about it, it makes it more likely they will come to you if they ever are experiencing suicidal thoughts, which are very common. And I like to emphasize that to individuals because a lot of people think they're uncommon. It is very common for people to have suicidal thoughts. Um, Even if they never plan on acting on them, the intrusive suicidal thoughts occur for so many people. However, if you stigmatize suicide by saying, you know, that people who die by suicide are selfish or weak, it lessens the likelihood your child will come to you in a time of need or crisis. And this just popped into my head as I was saying that. So you might've heard me say die by suicide. So committed suicide is stigmatizing language because it equates it to a crime because we commit crimes. So, um, more proper languages die by suicide or ended their life, took their life, etc. So some examples on how to have this conversation um, about suicide or bring it up. And when I give these examples, you can insert any mental health condition or any word that you want in replace of suicide. Um, This is just like some scripts to get an idea of how to start the conversation. So say you're watching the news and there was a story on um, a celebrity that died by suicide. You might want to say something like, the news just covered a story on suicide and I want to talk with you about it. And then you can ask your child their understanding of suicide. What do they know about it? How does it make them feel? Um, Either seeing the news story or knowing that some people um, take their own lives and ask if they have any questions. Depending on their age and understanding, um, one way that you can explain suicide, this is more for younger kids, but that might be helpful, is saying something along the lines of sometimes people get so depressed or sad that they believe their only option is to end their own life. Many times these people don't want to die. They are just in so much emotional pain that they want it to end and they see death as the only way out. Additionally, you want to open the door for them to come to you if they ever need it. So following up with something like, I want you to know that if you're ever having thoughts of ending your life or hurting yourself, I want you to come with me so I can get you the help that you deserve. And I specifically use the word deserve. Um, You could also put get the help that you need, but I feel like deserve is less stigmatizing, especially depending on the individuals understanding of therapy beliefs about therapy things like that um using the word need potentially not with everybody um could make them feel 
like they are broken or something is wrong and that they need fixing versus the help that you deserve is more suggestive that you deserve to be happy. So I hope that distinction makes sense. And that's just a personal preference. So when talking about mental health with kids, one thing I want us all to keep in mind is that everyone has mental health. So somewhere along the line, mental health and mental illness became synonymous, but they are different. But they are similar constructs at the same time. So not everyone has mental illness, but everyone has mental health. This is an important message to convey to your children, and it may be helpful to remember when discussing mental health with your with your kids. So in addition to using real world world opportunities, I'm stumbling over my words, to discuss mental health, make it part of your everyday language. Um, Model taking care of your mental health by modeling good self-care and once again, label what you are doing. So an example might be um, if you had a stressful day at work, You come home, you can talk about how your day was stressful, and then identify something that will help your mental health. So you might say, oh, mom had a really long day at work, I'm really stressed out, I really need to do something good for my mental health to make me calm down and relax. I'm thinking about going for a walk, would you like to come with me? Or I'm thinking about doing some yoga, or I would really like to snuggle on the couch, Would you be willing to do that? Whatever it may be. So you're identifying your emotion of being stressed and then you are labeling the action that you are doing to reduce that stress. If you see your kid feeling overwhelmed or anxious or stressed, that would be an opportunity to ask them, what do you need right now? What can I do for for you? And if they're unsure, suggest things that you know that they enjoy and tend to lift their spirits. That's what self-care is. That is what taking care of our mental health is, is doing activities that we enjoy. So, and coping skills as well, um, that bring us happiness, make us relax, things like that. Similarly, we just talked about normalizing mental health it's also important to normalize therapy. So whether it's you going to therapy and telling your kid, or maybe you see a a therapist on a TV show, even though they might not be the best, um, or you bring it up, just talking about different careers. Talk about therapy with your kids so that, one, in the future, they are less afraid to ask you for therapy. And two, if you end up being the one suggesting therapy somewhere along the line, they see it as something normal and supportive rather than you saying that there's something quote unquote wrong with them. So some ways to normalize therapy, um, say something like everything or everyone needs a little extra support sometimes. Sometimes that can come from family or friends and other times people decide to get help from a professional. Another thing you can say to normalize therapy is something along the lines of just as we see a medical doctor to make sure our body is healthy, some people will see a therapist to make sure their mind is healthy. Another way is to say therapy can help you gain skills to help with whatever you are struggling with, no matter how big or small. And I think it's important to emphasize no matter how big or small to normalize that you do not have to be at rock bottom to go to therapy. You can go to therapy for anything. 
So if you see your kids struggling, reach out to them. I know it can be difficult. I know it can be hard. And it's uncomfortable to see your kid struggling. But it's important to reach out. And if you have started doing or already are doing the things that I have just talked about so far in this episode, it should make it easier to one, approach them, but two, for them to be more receptive to your support. Or if you decide to suggest therapy because you feel like it would be beneficial for you and it's accessible to you as well and to your child, then it's not going to seem as like accusatory or out of the blue. So a lot of times parents will ask me like, how do I know if my kid is struggling? So a lot of it will depend on their age. Like I said, um, kids in particular don't have a good emotional language. So a lot of times it's physical symptoms. Teenagers may have more emotional language, but they may not share it with their parents. So this is not an exhaustive list, but some signs that your kid may be struggling include an abrupt change in mood or behavior, um, appetite or sleep changes, Social withdrawal is a big one, especially in teenagers, um, a decline in grades, or even just like acting out in class when that wasn't um, occurring before. So any kind of change in behavior at school as well. Um, Increased clinginess, that's a big one that a lot of parents don't see. So with anxious kids, we may see an increase in clinginess. Um, And like I said, those are just a few. It's not an exhaustive list, but things to look out for. So when you see your child struggling, identify what you have observed without judgment and ask if there's anything they want to talk about. So, you know, you might say, hey, Sally, um, I've noticed that you've been spending a lot more time in your room recently and haven't really been hanging out with friends. I was wondering if there's anything you wanted to talk about. And then ask how you can best support them. If they seem shut down or unwilling to talk, you know, say, I don't want to push the issue, but I'm here to talk when you're ready. And you can also offer therapy to see if they would feel more comfortable talking with someone else to, you know, saying, I understand if there's things that you don't want to talk with me about, would you be interested in seeing a therapist that may be able to help you through whatever you're going through? So those were my broad stroke tips for talking about mental health as parents to your child. So now I want to get into kids reaching out to their guardians for support, um, particularly for seeking therapy, since this is a question I get all the time um, on social media. But before we talk about asking guardians for therapy, it is important if you are a teenager listening, a college age student but you want to talk to your parents about it you it's important to identify if therapy would be beneficial for you and i'm going to let you in on a secret and tell you that therapy is beneficial for everyone but i also want to make the disclaimer that i recognize that there are real barriers to accessing mental health care so identifying is this something that i want to go to therapy for or maybe i can you know start with some self-help books which can be dicey but if you can find um ones from licensed mental health professionals or start with reading some books um created by licensed mental health professionals about what's going on etc that may be a good place to start if either you're not ready for therapy or therapy is not accessible to you 
So some things that kids, teenagers, young adults may be facing that therapy would be beneficial for. So the most obvious, I think, would be any type of anxiety or depression or other significant mental health concern that is interfering with your functioning. Additionally, you may want to seek therapy for body image issues, self-esteem issues, or other eating concerns. Bullying is a big one, um, or any big change such as a move or transition of some sort, so starting high school, starting college, grief, trauma, um, sexual orientation or gender identity concerns, trouble with friendships or romantic relationships. The reality is the list is endless. You can seek therapy for anything. So the bottom line is if you are struggling with something and want help, it is likely that therapy can help. More importantly, if you are thinking about getting therapy, it is likely that you are ready to go to therapy, even if you are scared. So how do you ask parents for therapy or guardians for therapy? First, I want to validate and recognize that doing so can be very anxiety provoking for children, particularly if they are uncertain on how their parents or guardians are going to respond or if they grew up in a household where mental health is not talked about, which is why I just talked extensively about different things that guardians can do to talk about mental health and normalize mental health in the household so that if your child or adolescent or young adult comes to you or is thinking about therapy, it makes it easier in many ways to ask the question or open up about therapy. So the first step in thinking about how you would want to ask your parent or guardian um, on what and what you want to say. So let me rephrase that because I just stumbled over my words. I apologize. So the first step before even going to ask them is thinking about how you want to ask them and what you want to say. A lot better. Um, so for example, do you want to write a letter? Do you want to do it face to face? Do you want to be alone with your parent or do you want to have a sibling or friend there for support? If you come from a household that has two adult figures, is there one parent you want to ask or do you want to talk to both? If you have a step parent that you're close to, do you want to ask them first and then help them talk to your biological parent? These are all things to consider as to the how. How do I want to do this? Then as for the what, that what that you're going to say, this is completely up to you on how much or how little you want to say. So I'm going to give a general outline of some components you can include, but no, there's no right or wrong way to ask a guardian to go to therapy. So the first thing is just simply state that you have been thinking about going to therapy. So you might say something like, there are some things I've been struggling with and I've been thinking it would be helpful to see a therapist. And then state you want their support. I am hoping that you will support me in this decision. State that you would like them to be part of the process. So something along the lines of, I was thinking we could research therapists together to find one that would be a good fit. So once you have generally figured out what you want to say and how you want to relay the message, find your identified guardian or guardians and tell them that there is something you want to talk about and was wondering when they would be free to talk. So you could say something like, hey mom, there's something I want to talk to you about. I was wondering if there was a good time today that would work for you. 
The purpose of scheduling a time is to ensure that the conversation or giving the letter if you decide to do that can occur when both of you are free from distractions. Also, it lets your parent or guardian know that the conversation is an important one, so they will be more attentive. When you have settled on a time and the time has come to talk or just hand the letter, just share with your guardian what you had already practiced or thought of to say. I also want to note that this is an ideal world and I recognize that this approach may not work for everyone. So if you don't feel like preparing is worth it, then don't. Um, Just go off on a whim. Or if you would rather have the conversation in a car because you don't have to look at your guardian, that is absolutely fine too. These are just suggestions. So now you have said your piece, um, you have told your parents you're struggling with something, you are thinking about going to therapy, you want their support, etc. And I want to identify some scenarios that may come up and how you can respond. So obviously the most ideal would be that your guardian is very receptive to this and supportive of this. So if that is the case, you thank them and y'all can figure out the next steps on finding a good therapist for you and I would love this to be the case and I'm hopeful that as we keep having conversations about mental health it will be more the case in the future but I recognize that unfortunately for many people this is not the case so one thing that a lot of parents may say is something along the lines of but you can talk to me why do you need a therapist If you get this response, you can express that there are some things that you don't feel comfortable talking about with your parent or that you want help from an outsider's perspective. Um, You can even say something like if you have a good relationship with your parents that, you know, you don't want them to feel like they're your therapist and you want to keep the relationship as it is, whatever the reason may be. Um, So something that you could say potentially is I love you and there are some things that I don't feel comfortable talking with you about. I'm also thinking it would be helpful getting a perspective from someone who doesn't know me. Um, Another response you might get from parents is what could you possibly be going through that needs therapy? So this goes back to how much or how little you want to share. If you feel comfortable sharing more, share the struggles that you have been facing or potential diagnosis you think you may have. However, If you're not comfortable sharing more details, that is absolutely fine and let them know that. So an example of sharing more details may be, I've been feeling really anxious lately and I'm not sure if I have an anxiety disorder, but it's making it hard to get schoolwork done. So I would like to see a therapist to help me with that. If you don't feel comfortable, you can say something like, this is one of the reasons I want to get therapy because there are things I'm going through that I don't feel comfortable sharing with you, but would really like some help on. If a parent responds in a very stigmatizing and and invalidating way, such as saying therapy is for crazy people um, or any other dismissing and invalidating comment, if this is how they respond, and you feel like it's going to result in an argument, it may be best to end the discussion and come back once your guardian or parent had time to think about it. It is also important to point out how that comment made you feel. So saying something along the lines of therapy can be beneficial from anyone for anyone, 
but based on your comment, I'm worried that this is going to turn into an argument. So I'm going to leave and give you time to think about it. And maybe we can discuss this more later because what you said upset me. So that's kind of the scenario on how to ask your parents or guardian for therapy, giving some potential outcomes that the parents could say or guardians could say. And lastly, I want to just kind of go back to the parents now, not kind of, I am going back to the parents because the first section of this episode was really just focusing on how to talk about mental health. So in an ideal world, you'll start talking about mental health with your kids when they are younger and then you'll become more comfortable and more familiar with mental health and this would just be a natural process. But for many families, we don't talk about mental health. And so your child coming to you about going to therapy may be the first time you talk with your child about therapy or about mental health. So if you are a parent or guardian and your child comes to you asking to go to therapy, listen to them without interrupting until they say their piece. Thank them for coming to you and praise them for their bravery, for asking you for help. Be collaborative in finding a therapist. It is important that both you and your child find someone you can trust and are comfortable with. Your child needs to trust them so that they feel comfortable opening up and then will reap the benefits of therapy. And you need to be comfortable enough to trust that the therapist is helping your child and will tell you if there is anything that you need to be concerned about or need to be doing in the home to best support them. If you find yourself needing some time to process a situation, let your child know that in a loving and supportive way. Stating something to the effect of, I appreciate you coming to me about this. I need some time to think about it and we can talk about it later. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I know it was kind of different in the sense that it was targeted both towards parents as well as younger individuals, but I hope those of you listening got something out of it or could share it with somebody that you think it would be beneficial. Obviously, there are so many other things that we can be doing with talking to kids about mental health. There's so many other ways that kids can reach out to their guardians about seeking therapy or mental health and so many other ways, positive ways that parents and guardians can respond. But I wanted to be mindful of the time and hopefully this laid some groundwork uh, for some conversations happening in the future. So thank you all for joining me for today's episode of Psych Talk and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. This episode of Psych Talk was brought to you in collaboration with Dive Through. Dive Through is a mental wellness company that helps you dive through what you go through. Dive Through has an introspection app which includes guided breathing, journaling, and reflection. I have been using the Dive Through app for almost a year now, and it really helps center me when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Their website includes blog posts on a variety of topics from emotional well-being to personal growth to parenthood and the LGBTQIA community. They have a free anxiety guide created by two licensed mental health professionals, as well as other mental health podcasts. To download the app, click the link in my show notes, and for more information, visit divethrough.com. That's D-I-V-E-T-H-R-U dot com.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Psych Talk. I hope you found so much value. If you loved what you heard or gained some knowledge, I would love for you to take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jessica Lee PhD. Additionally, I would be honored if you leave a review and five-star rating so I can continue to help this podcast grow. If you are not already, follow me on Instagram and join my Facebook community, Grow Through What You Go Through. Thank you for joining me today, and I cannot wait for you to join me during the next episode. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are braver than you know.